For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to a Brawl Network and Eagles Brawl podcast. You love the Philadelphia Eagles. Let me get a hell yeah. This is the Kelly Green Show. You're a bunch of underdogs. And you know what underdogs is? It's a hungry dog. Here's your host, Football Kelly. Welcome to the Kelly Green Show. I am your host, Football Kelly. My guest is someone who witnessed the Eagles' Monday night football game against the Seahawks firsthand. She's the sideline reporter of ESPN's Monday Night Football and co-host of E60 News Magazine's broadcast, Lisa Salters. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. How are you? Uh, A little tired. I'm always a little sluggish on Tuesdays after uh, Monday night games, but uh, I'm back home in Baltimore, so I'm I'm feeling feeling okay. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, just start things off. You're from the Philadelphia area originally. You went to Upper Marion High School and Penn State University. Were you a Philadelphia sports fan growing up? Oh, of course. Yeah, I, I grew up in King of Prussia um, and uh, worked at the mall out there as a kid. Um, but yeah, I loved everything uh, and love still do love everything Philadelphia. Cheesesteaks, pretzels, the Eagles, the Sixers, uh, Flyers, um, you know, uh, the Phillies, of course. Um, yeah, I was big fans of all of those teams growing up and, and still, and still am. That's awesome. I assume maybe there was a chance you were a Cowboys fan since your cousin is Tony Dorsett. Well, I rooted for the Cowboys just because of Tony. So when he didn't play for them anymore, then I didn't really root for them anymore, but that got to be uh, a little dicey in the household. Uh, when the Eagles would play, the Cowboys because my father, you know, I'm related to Tony on my mother's side. And so my father didn't care. And he, <laughs> just, he did not like the fact that we were pulling for the Cowboys. I mean, as an Eagles fan, you know, you can't pull for the Cowboys, but we ha- we're in a unique situation. Tony would get us tickets when they would come here to, or they would come to Philadelphia. Um, so uh, it, it only happened once a couple times a year. Cause you know, they play each other twice a year, but uh, yeah, that was always interesting. That's awesome. I, I honestly didn't know that. I did a little research on you beforehand, and I, I found out that you were Tony Dorsett's cousin, and I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Um, and I just wanted to also talk to you about your very impressive career. You started out as a news reporter. You went to ABC News and then taking on a job at ESPN. You changed over to sports journalism. Can you talk about what made you transition to covering sports, or was it always your goal to do sports media? You know, it was never my goal to do sports. Um, I always, um, you know, just I didn't really know much about sports journalism. To me, when I was going to school for broadcast journalism, it was all about, uh, you know, hard news, getting to the network, um, that kind of thing. And uh, so it it was after I was doing news for 12 years, um, you know, I kept getting asked by the folks at ESPN if I would be willing to make the switch and come over to do sports. 
which I said no for like two years. <laughs> and um, finally, they kept asking. And finally, I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll give it a try. And um, I was working for ABC News at the time. And I was based in Los Angeles. And ESPN and ABC are both owned by Disney. So it was kind of a lateral move within the same company. Uh, and I, they had given me the, the promise that if I didn't like it, I could just go back to, to ABC. And um, I, I wish I had done it sooner. I wish I'd made the switch sooner because I, um, you know, I made the switch to sports and have, have never looked back. I've always just loved it. I love it. That makes so much sense. I, I mean, your sports background from being a, a player on Penn State's basketball team I thought it was just natural fit for you to be in the sports media arena. So um, it's really cool to hear you saying, no, it wasn't really the plan at all for you. And no. Your passion was. So that's really funny. Um, you've been speaking to a lot of coaches um, heading in and out of the locker room. At times, I'm sure that's a very tense and stressful moment. And I'm just curious if there were any special exchanges during your career that you'd consider the most interesting or difficult. You know, every coach is different and um, they, they get to choose whether, you know, I hit them up going into the locker room or coming out. And it's so funny that when you talk to all of them, uh, you know, in our production meetings or out at practice away from the game, they are such they're all such great guys and have such great personalities. And some will even ap apologize in advance. Look, I'm sorry. I'm going to probably be a jerk uh, at halftime. That's just the way I am. It, they're, they're kind of in a tough situation. Like when you're in a high sit high pressure situation, you want someone stopping you and then asking you a question. Kelly, what question are you going to ask? Do you think you should follow up with this? Like if you're in the middle of an interview, do you think you'd want somebody doing that to you? Probably not. So I always get it. And I always tell them, like, I, I, I don't take it personally. And they tell me, don't take it personally um, if I'm a little bit of a jerk. Um, but, um, you know, most of them are not. Some of them are, are more wound up than others. I know uh, John Harbaugh always says to me, don't take it personally. And he's gotten so much better where he's much more. They just don't feel like talking uh, at that time. And you're asking them about usually things that aren't going right. It's either things that are going right or things that are going wrong. And so if things are going wrong. They're not really, uh, they're not really wanting to talk to you about it so much before they get a chance to say, talk to, to their players in the locker room. Um, but like I said, they're all different. Andy Reed only does halftime interviews if he is winning or uh, uh, tied. So if they're, if they're losing, you're, he's not going to talk at all, which, you know, that's certainly his right to, to do that. Bill Belichick doesn't really say much at all, although we've been doing it via text this year with Bill, and he's been great. So I say, you know, great. If that works better for him, if he communicates better, if I text the question and you text the response, perfect. That works for me. Um, Bill O'Brien once kind of was a little agitated last year, and uh, I guess it was this year in the playoff game, the wildcard playoff game. Uh, that the Texans actually won. They beat the Bills, but they were down at halftime, and he was not happy uh, at, 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 that, uh, at that time. Um, but uh, for, for the most part, they're all, uh, you know, they're all good guys. They're all just in, in, under so much pressure. So, again, I don't take it personally if, if at times they um, aren't as, uh, you know, aren't excited about, <laughs> about talking at, at the half. No, I totally understand that. And it was really cool to get some behind the scenes um, uh, perspective on it because we only hear from you, you know, 
for a short amount of time, we only get a little bit of what you get to talk to them about. Um, yep. And it's just, it, it is fascinating to get that perspective on it. Um, what's it been like for you to be the sideline reporter with no fans in the stands? I love it. I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely love it. It's just like being able to work in your office and not having anyone around to bother you or distract you. Um, it, I, I think it's great. I mean, I, I understand how the, the players, it's, it's awkward for the players. It's eerie at times, but for me, I can hear, I can see everything. Um, I'm not worried about my health um, with, you know, fans being in the stands. Uh, the couple of games that I have had, I've been concerned about my health because I am in the stands as well. I'm not on the field anymore. I have been uh, moved back to the stands for player safety. And there I am in the stands with fans in a couple of places. You know, I'm like, what about my safety? So I, I am very happy when there are no fans in the stands. I hear you. And and another aspect of that is that you have to travel during a pandemic. What's been mm-hmm. your biggest professional challenge during COVID? Just staying safe, you know, um, getting on an airport, getting on an airplane, navigating through an airport. Um, it's just, uh, you know, you get to a city in years past, you know, you get to a city and you are excited about going out to dinner, nice restaurants in different cities. You're excited about doing all of that you just stay in your room now. And, you know, I get to a city and I oftentimes do not leave my room until they come pick me up to take me to the game on Monday. Um, So, you know, that's, I wouldn't say it's challenging because um, I'm just fortunate to be able to work. Uh, Many people, you know, in the country now aren't able to, to work um, or have to work from home. Uh, but you know, think about uh, you're at an people. elevated. You are at an elevated risk with all that travel. So that is oh, a absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we get tested every week when I get to the city. We get we get our test, and um, we're supposed to quarantine in our room till we get our results back twelve hours later. But even after the quarantine is over, I just usually stay in my room. That makes sense to me. Now. Uh, I do a little bit of a fun segment where it's a quick question, quick answer, um, uh-huh. just to get to know my guests a little bit better on a personal level. So it's okay. the Kelly Green Lightning Round. I hope you'll uh, play along. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So you've been to a lot of NFL stadiums. What's your personal favorite? Oh, it all changed this year. Whatever the newest stadium is, that then becomes my personal favorite. So this year it was Dallas, or I'm sorry, it was um, – uh, Las Vegas. And then I got to the new stadium in uh, LA and I thought uh, it was my first time being at the new, the stadium in LA. It's the stadium is now two years old. Um, so I'd say between those two, either Vegas or LA, um, they're just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. I, I, I think I'd probably, I'd probably give the nod to LA because it's just a design that I've never seen before. It's kind of like an open air stadium. This the ends are open and the roof is transparent. So you feel like you're outside and it's just That's really, awesome. really, really cool. Yeah. I definitely want to go to more stadiums. So uh, the, the one that I've been to, that's the newest is the Falcon stadium, which was really, really. And awesome. I have not been there yet. I hear oh, that's you pretty gotta go. Too. Yeah, I hear that's pretty <laughs> I'm cool. sure you'll be there soon. So you'll keep me posted on that one. Um, do. Cat dogs. 
Oh, dogs. I hate cats. <laughs> Favorite holiday? Christmas. Beaches or mountains? Beaches. I hate nature. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pre-COVID question for you. Big parties or small gatherings? Small gatherings. I hear you. Okay, thank you so much for playing along with that one. We'll talk a little bit about the Eagles against the, the Seahawks at this point. So uh, you've had an additional pressure being the eyes and ears of fans since there's none in the stadium. Yes, mm-hmm. ESPN's Monday Night Football. From your perspective, how were the Eagles players interacting with one another throughout the game? Oh, they were very fired up. Um, you know, I you know, you could just see them encouraging each other. Particularly, I'd say the defense. The defense, you know, they they know that they've been playing well, and they know that you know that they kind of have to carry things at this point. Um, you know, just that's just the reality of where the team is right now. But like Jim Schwartz was saying, it's a team. Like no one thinks like, oh, the defense played well, but we lost, so we're good. No, he's like, when you lose, you lose. You win as a team, you lose as a team. Um, but the, the defense, they, they don't mind having to carry the, you know, more of the burden at this point. It's, it's, it's all part of it. Um, but you know, I think that the players have been from what I've been told, like, if you were to show up at practice, you wouldn't be able to tell that, you know, that the record is what it is, that they're still very much engaged. There's no finger pointing. Um, they're very much there for each other. And, um, you know, I just think it's unfortunate that the record is what, I mean, I'm an Eagles fan, so it's, un, it's just unfortunate that uh, they haven't been able to figure it out this season so far. And to your point, uh, you also mentioned during the game that leaders of the defense like Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox had been trying uh-huh. to instill some confidence in the offense and Wentz heading into the game. Uh, I know you only get a short amount of time during the game to get some details on that, but I'm curious if you could elaborate more on on what players had to say. Yeah, sure. So for Fletcher Cox, he, he basically was just saying how, you know, last week at the, uh, at the end of the Browns game, he said, I, I always travel, uh, you know, on the plane, Carson and I, Carson sits right in front of me on the plane. So he said, I talked to him a lot anyway, but I definitely talked to him after the game because he's like, you can see it in the guy's eyes. No one wants to win more than him. So he's like, I just wanted to check in on him. Just, not even just football, just to make sure he's okay. Like losing is tough. There's a lot on him. And I just wanted to check in on him and make sure that he's good. And he said he, and he is. Um, but Brandon, uh, Brandon Graham said his, his whole thing was that he just wanted Carson to know that you are our quarterback and we have your back. And, you know, we're all going through this. We believe in you and we need you to lead. We can't have you being down on yourself if you were. He said he wasn't, he says, but if he, you know, we just wanted to let him know that we need you to lead us. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's important. What, you know, Carson has been very, very gracious. I, I really credit him for being, um, you know, uh, some guys when there's adversity, they, you know, get up and walk out of interviews. They don't do the interviews, whatever. He's like, you know, I can, I can wear this. And I thought that was great that he said, I can wear this, that I know what, uh, what the job, what comes with the job. And, you know, I, you know, I can do this. I can take it, ask me whatever questions you want. So uh, I think he's got the right mindset right now. I'm sure 
all of that, though, probably means nothing to him. He just wants to win. I understand. And I, I feel that I definitely feel that as a fan, because so many fans are pushing a little bit more for some change now that there's been such a lack of execution from the 2020 Eagles team. So, you know, did you get any sense from being at the links, uh, observing people that anybody in the Eagles organization is on the hot seat at the moment? Did I get the impression? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's another part of, co- of 2020. We don't get, get to go anymore. So we, our meetings are done via Zoom now. Um, but just talking, you know, to talking to people. Uh, I mean, they, like Carson said, he hears it. He tries to ignore it, but he hears it. Um, Doug Peterson said the th- same thing, but, but they understand where they are right now. And, you know, players always say and coaches always say winning change cures everything. So if they had gotten a win last night over the Seattle Seahawks, uh, you know, one of the, one of the favorites in, in the NFC, the narrative today would have been completely different, but that is not where the Eagles are right now. They are struggling. They have some issues uh, and they've got to figure them out. I hear you. I really, really appreciate you coming on to the Kelly Green show today to give me a little bit more of your perspective, your views on things uh, and getting to know you better. It's it's been a fantastic time getting to know you Um, to close things out. I want to ask all of my listeners to subscribe to the Eagles Brawl podcast for more episodes like this. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Lisa Salters and Fly Eagles Fly. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.